0: Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. So uh, this morning I want to talk to you about uh, what is the kingdom of heaven. Again, this is going to be part two. Part one was two weeks ago, so if you want to go and, and look back, I, I, I encourage you to do that. <clears throat> you know, we have all been trained and um, in the model of the church, you know, but uh, Jesus died so that the kingdom could come. And a lot of us don't understand how the kingdom works and we don't understand how to bring um, er, uh, heaven to earth. And, um, and that's really what he made available to us. Um, and that's a lot of what I kind of set the foundation for uh, a couple of weeks ago. So what is the kingdom of heaven? Um, it is a place where everything that you need is available. Everything that you want is available. Every single one of you, you were formed by God and you were in his heart before time began. And you were planned and purposed for this hour and this time in history. The things that are happening in the earth, the shakings, the last days that are happening in the earth right now, you have been destined and ordained by God to live in this time and moment. And everything that you need, it says that grace has been appointed to you from the beginning of time. Everything that you need is available, but you have to know the how of how to get it. You have to know how to get what is in heaven because it's all there. And I'll never forget the time that, that, that this whole journey started because I was living a life of prayer. Guys, I was praying. I'm not kidding you. And I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I was praying 24 hours a week. I mean, that's kind of a lot. But yet I wasn't seeing answered prayer. I was fasting like a maniac. I was fasting, I was praying, I'm pressing in, I'm pursuing God, I am intentional with my life in every way, right? But yet I'm not seeing answered prayer. And so I'm contending, 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 and I'm thinking to myself, you know, can't be this hard. Because most people don't have time to spend 24 hours a week in prayer. I mean, everybody, most of us are in the marketplace, right? And you're like, wait, what? You want me to, what? And, and, and I don't see 24 hours a week in the Bible. Now, I may be killing some sacred cows here, but I don't see it. Now, I do with the monastic, people who are called to a monastic lifestyle, which is beautiful. And I bless that. But for most of us, we are called to be both priests and kings to God. That's what the Bible says. That's what the book of Revelation says. We are, he made us, when he went to the cross, he made us something. And remember last week, I put this up here. Um, He made us both priests and kings to God. We are people of authority, and we are people that are governmental. We are governmental, and we go up and down, and our assignment is not that different than that of the angels. We ascend and descend. We are messengers. That's what he calls us, messengers, priests and kings. Disciples, okay? So these are all governmental terms. So in the Bible, um, in, in the Gospels, Jesus talks about the church two times. He talks about it two times. He talks about the kingdom 308 times. Okay, so one, he must be trying to say something. And what he's trying to say is that there is a kingdom of heaven for which I have called my church, my governmental people, to access this place and bring heaven down to earth. It says in the book of Acts that, he- that heaven must retain him until the restoration of all things. And so you're looking to Jesus, and he's looking to you. You're looking to Jesus going, Hey, I really need you to do all this. And he's like, so there was this thing that happened. Okay, so I died on the cross. And, and before I died, I declared it is finished. Just like God said that in the book of Genesis, where he said it is done. It is finished. Now, God wasn't tired like, whew, I'm kind of tired, so I need to take a day of rest. No, he was like, it's complete. Everything's been set in place for the earth to work and all creation to continue for eternity without me having to do anything anymore. So now all I get to do is hang out with my creation. And so we are in that day of rest because Jesus went to get our rest back for us. Praise the Lord. But a lot of the church is still toiling and working. And you can tell because uh, most of the church is stressed out. And, and the way that you do life looks no different other than the fact that we come to church on Sundays than the way of the world. Because you can measure it, the stress is the indicator, the worry is the indicator, but we are not to be like the Gentiles, remember he told us. We're not supposed to be like that. We're actually supposed to be living differently. And so that's really what I want to talk about. Let's start in Genesis chapter 2 because that's where everything begins. And you have to focus on Genesis. It's one of the most important books of the Bible, okay, for you to spend your time in because it's what God is doing. He's restoring us back to a garden lifestyle, okay? So, Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day. He made it holy because on it, he rested from all of his work creating that he had done. So what he did is he took six days and he said, all right, I'm going to set something in place. And what he set in place was like hardware, okay? software. He set in place a system where heaven and earth operated together. So he set in place when the sun is going to rise and when the sun is going to set. He set in place the firmament. He set in place all the stars in the heaven. He set in place the days of the week. The seasons will come and go. You don't have to get involved with any of that. You just watch it happen. Now, do you worry if the sun's going to come up in the morning? No. The same thing can be applied to your money. The same thing can be applied to your rent, to your car, to your house, to your relationships, The same can be applied because the system is already there. It's just his people don't know how to tap into the system so they can live in this worry-free, stress-free life. See, I believe that this is going to be one of the things that causes the Jews to be jealous when they begin to see us operating in this level of wealth and provision because you're going to be like, wait a minute, what? The rest of us are going hungry. And these people, they have plenty. Their their, um, cattle during the time of judgment did not die. And when the lights went out everywhere, the lights are still on for them. How is this possible? I'm telling you, God is training you, and and it's time for you to take the training wheels off of your bike and begin to learn how to navigate this um, and, and not fall down. You have a governmental role. This creation is on autopilot, but it's your job. You are not on autopilot, all right? So you gotta get it going on and get up there and get it down on the earth. So God displayed two kingdoms in the garden and it was two symbols of the tree. All right, so there was the kingdom of this earth. That is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, I don't want you, I don't want you eating of this. What he's saying to you is this. I don't want you partaking in it. Even if it's good, I don't want you partaking in it. Isn't that interesting? And he said this, there's another one, the kingdom of heaven, which is the tree of life. Such a beautiful demonstration from God about these two systems and how they operate. So when, when the fall came and Adam ate the apple or ate from the tree of life, all of a sudden, what did he know? He knew good and evil. He began to say, wait a minute, I have dark knowledge, and my knowledge, I have as much knowledge as God. Wait, I can be my own master. I can, I can rule my own world. I can have my own and create my own destiny. And God was like, no, no, no. See, the kingdom has laws and they've been put in place from the beginning of time but what happened with that fall is god said look we're going to have to shut this up we're going to have to shut up access to heaven so i'm going to actually put the cherubim when you have loved to have seen that i want to see that in the i want to see that for real in the spirit or in the natural i want to see these cherubim with these flaming swords that spin <laughs> it's like you know it's like raiders of the lost ark ah uh, ready set go <laughs> I'd send somebody else in first. Oh, no, that didn't work out too well. Uh, So he, he shut the door. He shut the door. But see, when Jesus came, he died to do what? To open that door again access on earth as it is in heaven. And he said, now the door is open for what? For all of the resources of heaven to be poured out so my people will prosper. They'll advance. The, my glory will be seen in the earth. My son will be glorified, right? And it's, it's game on. It's party on. But we kind of fell asleep because some of us figured out how to work the earth, right now we didn't live very long because we were so stressed out that most men were having heart attacks you know in their 70s or whatever and cancer and all of this so we got sick because we weren't accessing the place of heaven in the system of heaven seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all else will be given to you it says in the word that the kingdom is a mystery so that's why it's not readily available Remember, the the, the the disciples were like, why are you always talking in parables? Because, like, nobody's understanding anything you say. And he said this. He answered to them, and he said, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. And so it really is the glory of kings to search these truths out. And once you do, then you can teach other. You can teach others. It's like the way of the Jedi, but it's the ways of the kingdom, you know? And everybody's going to want to know from you, how are you doing what you're doing? And you'll be like Yoda, you know, or something. You get it. All right. Are y'all good? You having fun? Okay, fun's my middle name. Wilder. Sorry, Wilder. I'm not taking your name, I promise. (laughs) All right, so the Bible talks about money 800 times. That's a lot. And he talks about prayer 600 times. Why? Why? Because he uses money to teach us. And I'll prove that to you in a minute. Ephesians 2, verse 1. As for you, you were dead in your trespasses and sins, for which you were So in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of this air, the kingdom of this air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So he's saying, look, there is um, the kingdoms of this earth and those who are disobedient live in that place. Let me rephrase that they live according to that place. Now, this is tough. This is kind of where the narrow, where it starts getting narrow for you. And I'm going to challenge you today. And you're not going to, some of you are going to get mad at me. Some of you are going to be like, Shh, I hate that woman. But I'm telling you, I am a witness and most of the people in this church who are living this way can testify that this works 100% of the time. 100%. I mean, that that's pretty good math. All right, so uh, turn in your Bibles to Matthew 25. We're going to start at verse 14. All right, he's talking about the parable of the talents. Now, the context of this scripture, is when the disciples in Matthew 24 went to him and said, tell us about your return and the end of the age. So based in that question, you see most of Matthew are all of Matthew 24 and then 25, and he's, he's answering this question. Now, in that context, it's really interesting because he challenges them About their money in the time of the the generation of his return. Because what we have a tendency to do is when everything begins to shake, we begin to recoil. But he's saying, no, 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 my bride and my people will actually press into this in order to begin to live in a supernatural way. All right. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Um, Matthew 25, 15. To one he gave five bags of gold. This is the uh, NIV. One he gave five bags of gold. To, two, uh, to another two bags and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Um, that word ability means dunamis. Interesting. All right. So that word dunamis means uh, three things. It means power for performing miracles. So he's going to give them... Money based on their ability to multiply it. That they would understand how to invest what they've been given according to the way of the kingdom, not to the way of the earth. Okay? So then he goes in and he talks about how they each got the different, one got the five, one got the two, and they all multiplied them except for this guy, okay, who got the one, all right? Um, and he's praising the, the two first ones. You did great. You multiplied it. You, you sowed it. You, you reaped. Uh, and so he said, well done. Um, now I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to multiply it for you. You sowed five bags of gold, brought the other five. Okay. So there's provision there. There's multiplication there. Um, and then he's, so he's praising them. And he's telling them he's going to put them in charge of many things. All right, verse 24, then the man who had received one bag of gold came and said, Master, I knew that you were a hard man. In other words, he didn't know the nature of God. He didn't understand about this principle, and he didn't under, his perception of the father was wrong. And he said, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed." So I was afraid, and I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. Here's what belongs to you. And he called him a wicked and lazy servant. And he said, take what he has and give it to the others. So that wasn't good. The point of this is he said, I knew that you sowed where you didn't, or you reaped where you didn't even sow. In other words, he's saying, I knew that these things were supernatural, but he didn't. He was afraid, so he didn't think he had the ability to tap into this kingdom way. And he's like, man, I died for this. This is what I died for. Yes. I mean, when he says, look, this is the good news. The gospel, it is the gospel of the kingdom, but it is not the gospel of salvation. Beloved, hear me out. It is not the gospel of, of, of forgiveness of sins. It is not the gospel of eternal life. He calls it the gospel of the kingdom. Because eternity begins the moment that you get saved. The moment you get saved, you get, you get access You get baptized in the Holy Spirit, I am telling you. The door opens. When Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he meant change your mind out of the system of this earth because you're going to have to make a decision now that this is gonna be the new way that you live and you're gonna seek this out because he said, it's something that you have to seek. It's a mystery that you're gonna to have to find. But once you find it, it's easy street. I found it. Right? You're like, have you ever seen that meme? Where is that easy street? So you're gonna to have to make a decision that this is how you're gonna live. All right. So there's four areas of supernatural living out of the kingdom. Number one, casting out demons. Number two, healing the sick. Number three, all provision. He said that. He said all. All provision. All provision. All of it. More than you can hope or imagine. You see, I'm looking. There are millionaires in this room. And here's what I don't want. I don't want you to get to heaven and have left all of this in the earth and you never apprehended it because you were working according to the earth curse system. Okay? Number four, controlling storms changing matter. its what Jesus did. You'll do greater works than these. Oh, did I forget? Okay, number five, raising the dead. Okay. If you haven't raised the dead, it's awesome. Okay, so which kingdom are you going to live in? That's the question. All right, here's the truth. Struggling with money is devastating, and it's proof that we don't understand the kingdom system. Here's, here's the thing. When I was, when I was doing my 24 hours a week in prayer, which I loved. I loved the intimacy. I loved the connection with God. But again, I was struggling in my finances. My life was not, there was no fruit in my life, but yet I'm I'm doing my part. And the Lord's like, "Mm, you're doing it wrong. And I was like, okay, well, teach me your ways. Oh, master, teach me teach me to pray. And so he did. He taught me how to pray. He was like, okay, well, that's good what you're doing, but I've got a better way. I like, I'm a business person. John and I have built companies and I'm all about getting from A to Z with the least amount of resistance and pain as possible. Can I get an amen? Amen. So this is, you're on the fast track. And if you'll do what I'm saying, which is by the way, in the Bible, um, you're going to be on the fast track as well. Cause we really don't have time to mess around, right? All right, <clears throat> So here's what was hurting me in those days. I would see other people being blessed, and it hurt my heart because I was crying out to God, I don't want to be a reproach. You know? I don't want to be those people that never quite succeeded. The Bible says this in Corinthians in 2 Corinthians nine, verse eight and God will generously provide all you need, then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. So I needed help, so he began to teach me. And um, I actually came across a teaching from a guy named Gary Cassee. And his if you have a chance, that you spell his last name K-E-E-S-E-E. He's got podcasts. I encourage you to go in and just... Eat the word and listen to this guy because you will be fueled in faith to begin to really operate in this. It's, his teachings are very exciting. But let's start at the beginning at Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. All right. So he begins, so he's, he's training us. He started training his people. Now remember, um, okay, let me, let me stop here for a minute before I go to Malachi. I want to pull up the PowerPoint that I made from last week. I want you to take a look at this. All right. Remember the kingdom of heaven. That's everything in the kingdom of heaven. And then you've got the kingdom of this world, also known as Babylon. And um, Andrew did great teaching on Babylon several weeks ago. And so you can see, if if you look at the fruit of these two kingdoms, you will get a really good indicator where you are and what you're operating in. All right. Next slide. Now, See what happens, Jesus came and he opened up everything. Now before this, the gate was shut, the door was shut. And so God gave them, gave his people the law to try to keep him out of trouble until his son, the time, the fulfillment of time until Jesus could come, right? And so he was just like it was behavioral management, right? But now it's an abundance. And if people can get a handle on this and start operating in it, that that sin management that we've all been trained in goes away. Because you're like, once you start tapping into the thing that God created you to do and the thing that you know belongs to you, all of a sudden you're looking around and you're like, I don't want to take pleasure in that. I have no pleasure in sin because I'm too busy catching the abundance of what God has for me. So all of this begins to come down. Next slide. And he said, this is how we do it. He's, he's, he's got the church to do this. The ecclesia, the governmental people, the ones that hear his voice and see his face. Jesus said, I only do what I hear my father. I only do what I see my father doing, and I only say what I hear my father saying. And so it's just alignment, okay? Now, that's where prayer is really important. Now, when people say, well, I don't really pray or I have a difficulty praying, I'm beloved. Let me tell you something. It is going to be really hard for you to do this without prayer. In fact, impossible. Next slide. So in these two, um, all right, so you have, he he talks about when you follow the kingdom way, you're following the will of God. He, he calls this righteousness. Those in the body that he calls righteous, he's saying, oh, I told them to do something. And then against all odds, they went and did it. Because all of the things that he's going to tell you are yours are going to be impossible. It's going to be like, oh, yeah, there's no way. There's no way. And he's like, Yeah, I know. That's why it's going to be me. That's why you're going to see my glory come. Lawlessness is following your own will. The first commandment in the satanic Bible is do what you have in your own will. So there is, it's all up to me. It's all about me. It's all about what I want, what I desire. That's in the first commandment in the satanic Bible. Next slide. Now, Okay, here's, here's what happens in the kingdom of heaven. So you've got 10 minus 1 equals 100. Here's the kingdom of this earth, the earth cursed system. 10 plus 1 equals 11. God is so weird. It is truly, as Misty Ebert says, the upside-down, inside-out kingdom. I want you to sow and weaken yourself so that you can tap into God's abundance and you can begin to really prosper. And I really struggled with this. And so did John in the beginning because we're like, wait a minute, you want me to give away my money? But I got my bills to pay. That doesn't make any sense. And John really got mad because he's, he's so responsible. He's such a responsible father and husband, and I've got to be a good steward and blah, 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 blah. And the Lord just really took him to task. And he said, um, excuse me, I am your provider, not you. And I need you to do it my way. And you're going to see. And so we started, we were like, all right, Lord, you know, and we've got, we've got, Endless testimonies, and so now, if anything, if we start finding that there's lack, we're looking around, going, "Where can we give our money away?" Because we know that's the key to unlock those things. Okay, are y'all still with me? All right. So I want you to. All right, I'm I'm going to keep you a little long today, and so, but these are two-hour seats, and I spent extra money on them. So when I'm on a roll, y'all are comfortable. All right, so uh, turn your Bibles to John chapter 6, and we're going to read about multiplying bread, okay, and fish. John chapter 6. Now, again, God uses money to train you. So he's, he's not after just provision. He's also after everything that's in the kingdom for you. But there are principles that you're going to have to learn in order to really be prospered. All right, so um, 6, verse 5. We're going to start chapter 6, John chapter 6, verse 5. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip. So he puts Philip on the spot. Where shall we buy bread? that these may eat. But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him and said, 200 denarii, where the bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. So immediately he's looking at the crowd, and he's doing the math, isn't he? He's doing the earthly math. And he's thinking to himself in one of the other gospels, it says that he said, we'll have to go work this long a period of time in order to earn, or we'll have to go back into the city. And so he's doing the, and the minute that you get in a pinch, what do you immediately think? Oh, I've got to work more. I've got to work more. I've got to, let's see, I've got, I've got all of these things that are, and this is going, and, and he's saying, no, 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 you've got to ask more. If you ask, you will receive, and he's saying, you've got to get my word over this, and you've got to get my way over this, because I have a way, and so instead, you're like, oh, okay, the Lord, so I'm feeling a restriction, so the Lord is saying to me, I'm about to promote you. Oh, okay, that's awesome. You lost your job? Praise the Lord. You think that didn't happen without God knowing it? Let me tell you what the Lord told me about what's happening in the earth right now and all these people that are losing their jobs. God said, I am raising up my kingdom people to begin to give them creative ideas and there are gonna be businesses and multi-million dollar businesses that are gonna spring up. These people are going to be leaders in my business mountain and they are gonna hire people and they're gonna be free and Holy Spirit environments. So praise the Lord. All right. So then he goes on and he says this. Uh, One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, um, but what are they among so many? And so they're like, I mean, I I got nothing. I've, I've got $35 in my account. So John and I once had... Uh, John had started his business, and for two years he didn't make any money. Praise the Lord. John goes, could you tell me about the times that I actually did make money?" And we were like, "And we had we had a hundred dollars left in our account." Now we've got seven kids who eat for a hobby. I mean, it's just like, "What are, you just ate? Why are you eating again?" I don't know. <sighs> I mean, literally, I get home from the grocery store. I used to get home from the grocery store, and an hour would pass by, and I'd have to return. So, the Lord said, I want you to give away that hundred. And John said, oh, no, 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 no. This is all we have. We've got to buy food this week. Well, the Lord is like, okay, this is what he said. Do you want to hold on to your lack, or do you want to participate in my provision? And so John was like, oh, okay. So he cleared out the account to zero. And we were like, well, I mean, really, you're hanging on like your hopes on 100 bucks. (laughs) But at the time, it was like, "Uh, we wanted to extend our poverty by, you know, five days. (laughs) So we sewed it. And, we, we, and two days later, John got a job that paid that week $7,000. I'm telling you, it always works. It always works. Always. And I have 10,000 stories like that. It's, it's amazing to live this kind of life because you're like, whoa, I don't have to be afraid. All right. So Jesus said, make people sit, sit down. I'm in verse 10. Now, there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in a number of, of 5, 000, about 5,000. So that means there are there actually more than 5,000 because you know the girls were there. You know the kids were there because they didn't have nannies back then. <clears throat> And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down, likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So they ate. They had more than they needed. How many of you, raise your hand, how many of you have multiplied food? Like intentionally. Okay. you got to try this. You have to do this. You have to start doing this because you're going to have to start doing it. You've got to get on your bicycle and you have to say, All right, we're going to sow so that we can reap. Now, John and I used to have, um, uh, a group of people at our house, about 120 once a week. And so I, I didn't have very much money. And so I only made a pot of soup. And sometimes it would be 50 people there. Sometimes it would be 120, 150. It, it was just crazy. But we would give away soup. And you know those people that like the Bubbas that come? <laughs> and they they're like, I'll have another, I'll have another, I'll have another. And you're like, but I don't think I'm going to have enough. But John and I, we would pray over the soup And thank the Lord for it. What did we do? We just transferred it from the kingdom of this earth into the kingdom of heaven. All right? So what would happen? Without fail, we would have one bowl left over every single time, even when the Bubbas came. And my son was one of those. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Matthew was one. And Matthew would always spend the night. It was great. Sleeping on my couch or sometimes just spread out on the floor. We would just, in the morning... Jump over people, getting to the coffee maker. Good times. All right, so so here's what he did. Listen what he did. Fish reproduced after fish. So he had a seed of fish. What did it do? It produced fish. So he had a seed of bread. What did it reproduce? Right. Look at Elisha. Remember Elisha and the widow? What did she have? Oil and a little flour, right? And what did he say? The first thing he said to her. I want you to give me, now she's starving and about to die, and he says, I want you to give me some cakes. I want you to make me some cakes, which seems very selfish. But what he was doing is he knew that she was transferring it by giving it to the prophet. She's sowing it so that she just opened up heaven's resources to begin to flow out the oil. And the oil flowed into each one of those jars until she ran out of jars. That oil could have gone on as far as the jars would have gone. There was no end of the oil. There was the end of the jars. These principles were put in place by God when he said every seed will reproduce after itself. Now let's talk about money. Because money is a seed, but money is fungible. That word means it can be anything you want it to be. So the problem with the church is that they tithe which is good and right, because Malachi tells us to do that. I was going to read in Malachi, but I missed it. Oh, we can read. Anyway, he he said, look, I want you to tithe 10%, but I also want you to give offerings above the tithe. So tithing is really guarding and protecting your stuff. It's like putting chicken wire around your garden. But giving above the tithe, that's where you're increasing. That's where you're beginning to increase. And I know some of you may say, look, this lady just wants our money. I don't want your money. I don't need your money. You need me to have your money. Now hear my heart in this. I'm doing you a favor by taking your money. Because, and this is earnestly from my heart, I'm talking to you as a mother and grandmother. I know that this is right. And I know that God is giving us this revelation for the last days because he doesn't want us to suffer. He wants us to prosper. And we're going to teach this to, to the billion soul harvest that's about to come in because God is not going to bring them into a broken system of religion that does not work or reflect the power and the goodness of what he did but he's going to bring them into these kingdom places that are going to teach them the way of the kingdom. They're going to immediately get it and go out and begin to see it happen. All right. Money can be anything. So what do you do? You got to name your money. You got to tell your money what to do. So if you're going to sow your money, you got to tell your money what to reproduce. So if I'm going to sow for something. I'm going to get that something. So, But remember, righteousness is doing it according to God's will. I don't go around going, well, what do I want today? I don't know. I think I want a Mercedes or whatever. God has already written things on your heart. He knows about your business. He knows about your relationships. He knows about your bills. He already knows everything. He said, don't ask me for what you need. I already know what you need. Don't ask me for the what, ask me for the how. How do you want to do this? Because it's the how is the way of the kingdom. Okay, and so you got to tell your money what to do. You have to sow it according to the word of God. And when you combine the word of God with the seed of God, the seed is two things. Are you still with me? Hang in there. I know this is long. Seeds are two things in the Bible, money and words. Words from heaven, remember? The, the, the parable of the sower of the seeds. What was the, what was the seed? The seed was the word of God. And it only produced a hundredfold when there was understanding that came with it. So if you understand how to sow, then you'll also know how to reap. All right, so John and I, just to give you an example I mean, we have so many. We sewed for a house, um, and how we did this is for nine years, we school just pinched pennies and 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 we 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 saved. Um, was it seven thousand or nine thousand? Seven 7000 dollars. Okay, and um, so and the house that we need again, big family. The house that we need we're going to need about $20,000 to put a down payment on the house that we need to buy. Okay. So we didn't have it. And at the rate that we were going, it took us nine years for $7,000. Do not judge. We were starting a business. Um, And uh, so it could be, you know, another seven years. So we were living in a rent house and we were just like, okay, okay. Okay. So the Lord said to us, I want you to give away your $7,000. And we're like, but I have my list of everything I wanted for my house. And we prayed about it, and we said, this is, this is him. And we're going to give it away. So we gave it to a couple who needed a car. And, um, and we just said, praise you, Lord. We thank you for it. And uh, three months later, out of the blue, We get a check in the mail. Three months for $20,000. Okay. Now do the math. It took us seven years, nine years, nine years to save $7,000. And within three months, because we sowed our house money, the Lord gave us what we needed for our house. I have endless stories like this. And again, a year ago... Two years ago, two years ago, John and I, it was January and we were like, we felt like the Lord wanted us to sow a seed for his business. And we were like, okay, we're going to get real specific with the Lord. And so we asked the Lord this, you got to ask him, what can I believe you for? Because he loves to do this with you, but it's got to be him. What can I believe you for in my rent? What can I believe you for in my income? You can ask him for what he wants you to make monthly. Ask him. He'll give you a number and you'll laugh, like Sarah. And you'll be like, no way, no way. He's done that with us, I've laughed. Then he's like, watch me. So we sowed a seed and we said, okay, Father, we believe you. We felt like he wanted us to believe him for five new clients for John. And he normally gets one in a year because it's a real competitive market. Five new clients for John. And we want them in the the DFW, five-mile radius of DFW. We are very specific. And we want them that year. So within a year, five um, businesses, five new clients, and uh, within five miles. By May, this was January. Okay, so we sowed a seed of, again, $5,000. Do you remember? And it was a stretch for us. We were like, this is going to be, this is, oh boy. It's the rubber band theory, you know, pull back, let go. So we, we, we sowed it in faith. And by May, he had five new clients within five miles of DFW. Now, let me tell you something. God controls the hearts and minds of men. His word says that he does. Everything that you need is in heaven. You just have to know how to get it out. So number one, this is what you do. You're going to have to name your seed. You're going to have to tell your seed what to reproduce. I'm not talking about the tithe, beloved. I'm going to challenge you over your 10%. I'm talking about whatever it is that the Lord wants you to give. I know, it's tough. Look, I get it. But you have to make the decision, do you wanna be supernaturally wealthy or do you just wanna keep on the treadmill, on the hamster wheel? I'm just gonna keep running. If I just run a little faster, then I'll get there. I don't think so. All right, number one, you're gonna name your seed. Meaning you write it on the, we write it on the memo of our check. And we write it in our journal, the date that we sowed it, what we were believing God for, the amount, because we want a testimony. Because we want to give God all the glory for everything that he's doing in our life. Number two, we thank God for the seed. What did Jesus do when he was multiplying the, the fishes and the loaves? He, was, he thanked God for it. And the second thing he did, he blessed the seed in Jesus' name. And then the fourth thing you do, at that moment that you sow it, you receive it. You receive the promise that you're sowing for. It's done. It's done. End of story. All you have to do now until you see it, because it's already, remember, um, um, Daniel said this. uh, 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 The the angel of the Lord said to Daniel, it was, um, which angel was it? Michael said, oh, hey, I've been on my way here. You prayed and 21 days, but it took me a little while because I was wrestling the Prince of Persia. So it may take a while to get down there, but all you have to do is this. Father, I just thank you during your prayer time. Thank you for, that you have answered my prayer. Thank you, Father, that you are going to do X, Y, and Z. You're just watering. You're watering that seed, and it will come to pass. Sometimes it happens in a week, a day, an hour. Sometimes it happens in Four months, I got a a $40,000 van. I sewed $400. I got a $40,000 van for free. It took like six months. But I'm telling you again, you can do the other. But in the days that are coming, it's not gonna work anymore. That's why he said it's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom because he has perfected the the system of the earth so much that he doesn't have to seek the kingdom. But you are not that. You are poor in spirit, and therefore the kingdom of heaven is yours. So this applies to everything. It applies to salvation. You can sow a seed for someone to be saved. You can, you can, this applies for if you're praying for someone to have a revelation about something. Sow a seed. I'm telling you, this works for everything. Money is fungible. Are y'all with me? Now, can you agree with me on this? This is good news. You are going to get a return for God's investment that has a multiplier on it with more than you can hope or imagine. I don't know what you can hope or imagine, but he said it's more. It is such an abundance, overflowing. He said the windows of heaven will be poured out and you will not be able to even measure what will come out of this place. So stand with me. Let's pray. So, Father, we thank you for the gospel of your kingdom. Father, we thank you. And we just declare that we're not offended. We're not offended by what you did at the cross. We're not offended, God, that you have such abundance for us. And I just hear this. I just want to address an objection that I hear in the spirit but you're just using God to get what you want, and that's wrong. And the Lord said, no, no. That's like you saying you're using me for salvation. He said, listen, I provided this for you so that you can be rich. Let me tell you something, there's no glory in poverty. I don't despise poverty, but I'm, I'm telling you, Tapping into this and the abundance of heaven on earth will bring glory to God. Jesus said this to the fishes and the loaves afterwards. All of the people went to the other side of the lake and they were following him. And he said this, listen to me. They're not following me for the signs and the wonders. They are following me because of the bread. When you tap into this, you will become the harvester that God has ordained you to be. If you begin to meet their needs and teach them and preach, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They will come running to Jesus because they will see that he will provide for them and care for them and love them and counsel them. This is the truth of the God that we served. Not that we could get saved and be good until we die and get there. Can I get an amen? So Father, we thank you. Would you help us to know your ways? Would you give us a revelation of this, God? I pray that we could tap into the truth of the revelation of your kingdom, God. Let it pour out through us, over us, by us. And I bless you, God. I ask you to anoint every single person in this room with your word, God, that they can hear you. They can hear your voice so they can walk in your ways. And I bless you now in Jesus' name, amen.